When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we are going to be doing a forensic soul analysis on our own virtue, Miss Carrie O'Connor, globally respected psychic medium, healer, and empath. In order to tell the story of Miss O'Connor, I must get into the DeLorean and go back in time. Now, all I need is a beer and 1.21 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts! Yes, Doc. 1.21 gigawatts. We're sending you back to the future! The year is 2011. And at the time, I'm doing PR for Mr. Stuart Wilde, late great metaphysical visionary and author. And he's telling me repeatedly how much love and respect he has for this lady named Miss Carrie O'Connor. He always wants to do her radio show. He's saying how he wants to get more involved in the work that he's, he's doing. He, he says a lot of nice things about her, so I'm intrigued by her. I finally had the opportunity to meet her, and I can't tell you, it was just magical. She has this beautiful heart and this very warm energy, and I learned right away that she's very unique in what she does. Ms. O'Connor has an incredible insight, ability to read into people. She's also got an amazing ability to feel people out and to also bring healing even miles away, even away across the world. Ms. O'Connor is a huge, huge part of my heart. She's a huge part of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. And she is so loved and so respected by her fellow virtues and by so many. And to do an analysis on her tonight and to do an analysis on either one of our great guests or even our other virtues is a great honor. So the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show proudly presents a forensic soul analysis on Miss Carrie O'Connor. Our featured guest today on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show is a voice that you've heard several times before, and that is the voice of our virtue, lovely respected psychic medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. You can learn more about her by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor is a gifted psychic medium. She's been practicing for over 20 or 25 years, and she offers an array of talents and insights in a way that I've 
never experienced before. Very unique, very unique at what she does and the, what she brings to the table. So without further ado, please welcome Miss Carrie O'Connor. Hi, Ryan. I'm so glad to be on the show with you. Well, it's an honor to have you here. And let's go right into it because okay. every week people hear you analyzing the individuals who come on the show. Mm-hmm. What is your what is the definition of your psychic ability? First of all, how did you attain it? And also, what is it? Are you feeling, seeing, hearing? Right. How would you describe it? I'll go back to the history. I don't remember anything else, Ryan. I when ever since I was born, I was super sensitive. My mom said even said the first nine months of my life, all I did was scream and cry, and I was the most I'm doing air quotes colicky kid. Um, they brought me to the doctors over and over. My grandfather thought I had stomach cancer. But when I look back at that period, because I do remember I've seen the moments of conception. I saw the last three months of my mother's pregnancy. I felt very restricted. So when I came out, I was like um, overwhelmed with the sounds, the lights, the feelings, and even picking up my parents' exhaustion of um, of me screaming all the time. And I was an Irish twin, so my sister was just 10 years, 10 months older than me. And so I could pick up on their, um, again, tiredness, anger, or helplessness because they um, didn't know what to do. So as I got older and I was able to speak about it, I would. I always thought people saw dead people go through the walls. I always thought people saw um, fairies and elementals around trees. I always thought my parents were very in, in psychic, and it wasn't uncommon to be around the dinner table and my mother or my Irish grandmother in particular saying, oh, I saw mommy last night or my grand, great-grandmother. She came in and said um, to the move I made or is a good move, do that job move or that kind of stuff. So my parents are very open. I say my mom more than my dad, but my dad's side is known as the Irish side. And they were, my aunts would talk about it. She called it the Irish witch, witches. And so I think that I know that the, having an open family and not being shut down was a huge, huge thing because I see so many kids come in very intuitive. So I'd say 99% are, are very um, plugged into the intuition, but you see them breaking down by the time they're four to seven years old. A lot of times when kids are talking about imaginary friends, they're seeing their guides or their angels or the um, or the people or the spirits around them. And so, and they just get cut shut down with it if they're made fun of it. And so they get further and further pulled away. Instead of getting further and further pulled away, I kind of dove into it because I, I, I as far as the what portal of intuition, I, I do all of them. I do clear cognitive, which is clear knowing. I do clear audience. I'm very clear visual, um, clairvoyant. And the clairsentient, the clear feeling, they all work together. And sometimes people have a, um, a dominant clair is what I call it. But I, all of mine work in harmony with each other, and I wouldn't trust just seeing. The shamans have a saying that seeing can be distorted, and I've had experiences before where I call it the fake Jesus experience, where I saw this energy. Ever since I was very young, I called on Jesus, and he would always show up, and then this, I was um, in a meditation. This was not too long ago, maybe five years ago, and this energy came in, and he did this look of Jesus, but he just didn't look like, feel right, sound like, and so I kind of blew on him and he just blew away. So it was my fake Jesus experience. So, fake Jesus. So what was, the, what was the energy origin of the fake Jesus? He just was kind of coming in. Sometimes spirits was earthbound spirit trying to pull me in and give me inf- misinformation. And so that's why I encourage people 
to test your um, information that you're getting. So I you work with all the things. So I just don't listen. I just don't see. If I was just a clairvoyant and I just saw him, I'd say Jesus is here, and and he was really kind of wanted to hook me in and really bring me down a path of a lot of misinformation. So all my portals work together. So if I have um, my bells and whistles of my clear knowing went, my clairvoyance, I tuned in. He looks slightly asymmetrical, just slightly, right? And his voice again sounded slightly different than I'm used to. So that gave me a warning to then blow energy at him. And my when I'm blowing, my intention is blowing a high frequency at him. And if there's a lower energy, usually they explode, they run away. He exploded. He looked like he turned into a, it's like a, a nuclear bomb came in and just blew him up. So, but all the portals um, are pretty much open. And then I continue to work on them, Ryan. Now, a lot of people ask me all the time, how did you get what you're doing? Or how can you, um, I call my readings light stream readings because I do do a lot of different things. I do do mediumship. I do um, uh, future stuff, past stuff, past lives. I do healing. So I kind of dabble into everything. And so when I was creating the name and going out in public, I was I had a partner at first, and she was kind of the business partner and um, doing the um, business books and all that kind of stuff. And she really um, said, you do such a different reading. You can't call it psychic, can't call it intuitive, can't call it medium. And we came up with the word. I said, well, you know what? When I'm looking at people, it looks like a stream of a light stream running around the person. She said, you know, say that again. I said, it's light streams around the people. It's like reading um, their energy fields is what I'm really doing. And that's what every reader reads, even um, if they're a tarot card reader. You're reading the energy patterns within the person. It's all held within their energy field. So we um, coined the name light streaming. And at first I was kind of resistant because I was thinking people are going to think, what the heck is a light stream reading? But I just held with it and just kind of put it out there and to educate people that this information that I'm getting is around us. It's not, I'm not something special. And we all can tap into this information. It has to do with energy. And that's why I always promote energy maintenance and talk about energy healing and clearing and it's, or compare intuition as a radio station. The less static we get out, the more we could hear, feel, see, or sense. And I don't feel that there's any um, portal that is more important than the other in the West. West, West we're in the West, yeah. This is a clairvoyance. We're very much see it, believe it society. If you were over in the East, they wanted to use your clear knowingness or what you're feeling, and they don't put a lot of um, uh, all the attention on the clairvoyance part. But we are the humans want are very much see it, believe it societies. But when we just start opening up and just starting believing it, Ryan, is a first huge step is tapping into your your intuition. So. I don't remember anything else. And then I started telling stories when I was young, not stories. I would have bedtime dreams and I was raised in an alcoholic family. And looking back, I believe we all choose our situations and scenarios that we're born into. It was perfect for me because um, at night I was very, I still have trouble sleeping at night. I'm very much a night owl. And that's also the tween time where you could feel and see and sense more stuff because they say the veil is thinner when the sun goes down. And they said the angel hours are between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So I was very much awake, especially if I was seeing earthbound people coming through the walls, right? So I'd call it to my parents and they were had too much to drink so they didn't answer me. So I was raised Catholic, so it did have me raise a stark calling on Jesus, and then he would come in instantly. So I always knew that they were always there and that there was um they were never they were there in a nanosecond. As soon as I even thought of them, I didn't call out them alive. I, I mean out loud. 
I had, I was in a room with two other siblings. It was just, I just had to think of them or a lot of times they showed up even before I started thinking of them um, because they knew that I was going to um, uh, call for them and they surrounded my bed. And then I was introduced to the blue lady by Jesus. And the only way she came from her name because she looked like a blue lady she was beautiful 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 but in the only she had like blue skin and her hair looked blondish bluish and she was very very um nice and i know and kind and loving and just um i i can't describe the love that was coming from her so she came in with jesus a lot and i understood her later as i got older and developed and matured that there's an aspect of her that she's an aspect of my higher self. She's also connected to the aspect of the, the universal divine mother. The um, it's like a yeah, the universal energy. Like there's the universal energy of um, Virgin Mary or Kuan Yin or the, the the divine mother, Mother Earth's energy. So when the more I got connected to the Blue Lady, the more I started um, going into these teachings. And the teachings started really early. I used to do what I call tube traveling with Jesus. And when I went to, um, I was in bed, he would bring me and it felt like I was in a tube traveling through space and time or outside of space and time. So very, very fast. And he would bring me out and I would see stars and I'd see different um, universes. And, and he would just show me very simple teachings for a young child. But uh, I, I, I was getting downloads since I was very young. So I woke up and would go out and said, Jesus told me that. Um, he brought me to the universe of trillions of universes, trillions of stars. My father looked at me and said, what? <clears throat> what did you say? And I said, Jesus brought me to trillion of star, star universe. I wasn't taught trillion, the word trillion at three years old or universes. And my father, as a teacher, was more intrigued with where did I hear those words. And I said, Jesus said it, you know, and he was like, um, he just kind of shook his head. And my mother's like, oh, really? What, what, what do they look like? I just said a whole bunch of stars. So. I, the teachings that I received, I call them downloads. They were put in my energy field that just built me up throughout my whole life. So when old, as I got older and started um, studying different things as far as shamanism and Buddhism and Reiki, I did all the different healing arts. And I understand that um, now that when the seeing the trillions of universes, um, I was being taught how multi-universe we live in, and we're multi-dimensional people. Or multi-dimensional people so, living in multi-universes. You said when Jesus would take on these experiences, we, where would you be? Would you like be in a quiet place, and then all of a sudden, you, Jesus would appear, and he would kind of like, yep. would, you, would, you, yep. would you leave your body? Would, was it kind of like going in a dream sequence? Yep, yep. But I was very wide awake. I was very. If it was very, I felt it, and I always remembered it was the speed run that we were going. It was like almost like watching a pilot and they're under training for like G forces to train yourself to be able to um, acclimate to the um, altitudes. And I never felt like I was out of breath, but it was, it was so really cool. It was like going at the speed of light, but also seeing um, in the star systems or the different dimensions at the same time, like not too fast that I couldn't see. And that's where I came up. It felt like I was in a tube and um, the tube, what I see now is a, um, it goes back into when I look at universal patterns, because I also, in the light stream readings, I'll read an individual the, and all their, you know, what's contained in their energy field. And we hold everything. It's like packets of information that is held. We could go past lives. We could go, what's going on now? You could get medical intuition. You could read future potentials. You could read what's holding them back. Um uh, from different situations or love or their job or all that kind of stuff, generational patterns. And then also I do what I call the, the, um, the 
earth grids. So I'll read what's happening earth and humanity. So I'll get a download of um, different energies that are coming down on the earth right now. And it show, shows me how it's affecting every single living being on this earth. And then ex especially humanity, how they're reacting to it. Are they resisting the energy? Are they accepting it? Where is it um, clearing out the most of so their body? This energy you're describing, where is this energy coming from? These energy downloads. It, it comes from the the universal energy. It comes from it comes from within us, and it comes from the earth, and it comes from the universe. It's like it, the first part of my business it was called Inside Out, Outside In, because I when I was getting this one download when I decided to go public because I didn't think Ryan when I was growing up um, I wanted to be an at home mom and I wanted to be very present with my kids and I didn't think I would I was a shy person and I didn't think I'd be going out to um, in public and doing what I'm doing. Then when my cousin died at 16 years old from lung cancer, and um, and I mean he, did, he, he didn't smoke. Everyone asked me, did he smoke? I said, good God, he was 16 years old. He, I think he'd have to start smoking since he was two. But it was a very rare form of cancer, and I understood that he. I saw my whole family. We were devastated. I mean, we just lost my aunt before at 52, and my grandfather. But then when my cousin Jimmy died at 16, it was like the straw that broke the collective O'Connor's backs. And I saw through Jimmy because Jimmy would come into me a lot. How much I could help by bringing out my mediumship and giving messages to my family and and all that kind of stuff. So that was the first seeds that were planted in my head of maybe I could um, I could go out and if I could help people with this. Um, that's it's something I could I, I'll do, but the inside out, outside in. Going back to where I'm reading it, I saw that everything. I had this huge download about how we're interconnected, how everything goes through us. It goes through and above us. And so when you're asking where the energy comes, you can say the energy comes from the earth. It looks like it's raining down from the universe. It comes sideways. It comes up, down, all around, 360 degrees. It comes from inside us and outside of us. And so that's where. I mean the business inside out, outside in. I didn't know that would be connected to a lot of porn stuff, so we ended up changing the name <laughs> later. <laughs> Ryan took me kind of years, and the, and my <laughs> friend Sharon, she was doing the business part and all that stuff, so she didn't really bring it up because she didn't really think she was like, wow. She just thought that somehow you get junk mail or you get on something, whatever. And then I finally said. Oh my God! And then I I looked up inside out outside in, and then I saw it was connected to a lot of porn sites. So we slowly changed the name to Carrie O'Connor LLC. <laughs> Funny. Now, when you were growing up, did your brothers and sisters also have the capabilities that you had? <laughs> they did, but I like say I'm this. I was the strongest. I was thinking this morning of the interview, and I remember when me and my older sister Erin, I used to see. I'd call them Mr. and Mrs. Ghost, come out of the walls at night with their little boys. They looked like they were dressed in the 1800s, and they would fly through the room. And then um, if there were a different color and frequency and where they came in, I just I understood who was earthbound and who was not because they just look different. Their vibration is different. These were definitely earthbound spirits, and especially if you see them stuck in a, a certain costume or age time. So the way I know they were connected to the land. And so I started telling my sister about Mr. and Mrs. Ghost. She's like, oh, yeah, I see them too. I believed her, right? But she was kind of BSing me. And then she had the grand plan of why don't we tell our three younger siblings about Mr. and Mrs. Ghost? They need to know. So we sat my younger sister, my brother, and my youngest sister on the bed, and I started calling him Mr. 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 Ghost. I was seeing them, right? Then all of a sudden my sister Erin 
looked up and she felt them or whatever. And she goes, oh, oh my God, this is real. She got very scared. And then my younger sister, my brother ran out of the room screaming. And um, my, my other sister slept with a, a, a rabbity bear in a, a like a little um, pitchfork next to her the rest of the night. They were end up getting scared. So they're all very sensitive. And to this day, uh, even my cousins, they, we um, get messages. I'm the one that really fine-tuned it, you could say, by doing the healing modalities, I know it really um, further strengthened my energy, clear the static out of my energy field, because everything is available for everybody. I mean, we are one of the biggest teachings, Ryan, that I talk about all the time is when Jesus came in when I was seven years old and he showed me a disco ball. And this is when disco was just coming out or whatever, but I didn't even know, really know what it was at first. But he said, this is you. And then he made it very simple. And then he showed the different mirrors and he said, this is how multi, how many aspects of you are all different sides. Or he was really showing our, our multidimensionality, right? Then he took to the hand, the disco ball, flipped it to another hand. And he goes, this is God. And I said, that's the same ball. And he goes, this is God. God is in everybody. God. And then he went in on to explain it. Every single mirror, you could say, is a different um, dimension, how we are all interconnected. And it was a very, very simple teaching, but it really stuck with me for my whole life life about our again our interconnectedness god's not this great big man that sits on a throne and looks down on us like the are, are you doing naughty or nice or um you know good and bad that um the the highest form when i really started um doing some deep deep uh tube traveling or dimension or dimensional um viewing i saw the angels not with the furry i mean with the feathers and stuff angels are energy field where i'd see their energy signature and as i mature jesus used to to come into me as a Jesus I was shown as a um, young Catholic and then I started noticing Jesus as an energy signature that I knew was Jesus I didn't have to see his face anymore I saw his energy pattern and I knew that was like the thumbprint or the unique energy of Jesus or you know different guides or, or masters that I would um, tap into so th that was kind of cool and now cool. So just to see that when it comes down to it go ahead it's pretty amazing I was just thinking that if you see that all those things of light talking about the disco ball you say okay yep. well, god's with, is with all of you is within all of you and when people yep. think about god they think of god as this you know beautiful almighty all-encompassing love right i guess based on a collective number of individuals who have this what yeah. is what do you call um the energy of a collective group of individuals who are carrying who have god within them but are very dark and tend to do cruel things what is the antithesis right. of the of the god celestial type energy called well, the, you know what? They're shown that there's still an aspect of that a person, even the darkest, darkest, darkest part of them is still has, you could say, one, one subatomic part, one dot of light in them, right? And from their perspective over there, they concentrate and see on the light, right? They see the light in the person and they're um, – what I was taught is the more they concentrate on the light and just ignore the rest because it's all parts of their story or, you know, just uh, keeps them separated from the dark. I mean, into the dark, if they they concentrate on the light and it's not like they're ignoring it, there is uh, evil darks energies, you know, but they, what you've, um, put your attention on is energy you know so you think about something and if you think about the dark parts then you're going to add energy to the dark parts and feed that dark part so if you think about the light part there they could have the potential to step into and expand that light part right so they're still again part of the disco ball as much as they want to separate themselves and keep themselves separate you know 
Um, so I would I, when I saw imprints of evil or darker energies, you could say that they were um, imagine the disco ball, but see it as an uh, an X-ray or an, uh, a photo where you have the black and white. Right. So one looks very light and one looks very dark. But then I see them the, um, when you merge them together, it just shows how we're, again, all integrated. We're all connected and we can't be separate from that. But um, uh on a whole level, I mean, we can see, keep ourselves separated from dark negative energy. We don't have to go draw, um, join a terrorist group or anything like that. But there is an interconnectedness that runs through all of us, you know, and everything. I'm talking with mountains and trees and so water. I was just curious that if you would sometimes if you're feeling something in your own etheric field and you want to find out how you're doing, is it possible for you just to look in the mirror and kind of like look at yourself in the mirror and kind of like see visually where you are, where your energy field's happening, what's going on there? Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. That's really yeah, great. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, but a lot of people could do that, Ryan, where there was a training, I forget where I heard it, I think it was probably the shamans, the shaman people, um, that you could look in the mirror and get soft eyes so you don't want to concentrate and look hard you want your eyes to become very soft it's like um it's really widening your energy field widening your eyes because most humans tend to in this human human experience when i look at their energy fields like when i'm doing an aerial view and looking down at their energy patterns it looks like a tube's going on their eyes and they have the more it gets um more narrow like the tube with the eyes get very 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 tight and toward the end it looks like a dot that shows me they're very much into duality very much into their i call it the human doingness right but if we go into the mirror and we soften our eyes and we just what you're doing is pulling up you're, it's like you're zoning into the energy um tube right that's the the current you could say the highway to get to the packet of information and then you could pull it um forward and then it could like can transfigure over your face i've seen many people train different faces over my faces or um other people's face transfigure into it could be a female and all of a sudden they turn into a, a male or they turn into a very dark male i said um when i was had my business um we had a party and we we're just um doing separate things and um but toward the end it was a little hairy and i remember walking out of the session and she was across the kitchen and she looked at me ryan and she was a very thin um uh like she had a lot of fairy energy she just was very connected to animals and and she was a musician and she just looked at me and her face transfigured into this nasty nasty old man and she was starting to throw like energy arrows at me right toward my thymus like the high heart and she threw me so back that i literally went back against the door that's how many arrows she was throwing up and i said well it's time to close it's time to rearrange this business here um but is that you, really wait, is this was your partner? Your partner yeah it was yeah my business part the first person i started out with business so now i don't have wendy's my assistant and i don't have um like working side to side with that or with somebody like that i mean i'm all into that but i just um i see as inclusive everyone has like the radio show we all have our own um things and gifts that we bring or talent talents that we bring how we see and perceive in that um but we're all our own entity too you know what i mean so yeah that was quite it's quite the experience yes. and then i thought at times her energy didn't change from that person. So she was lapping on this is a perfect example to be honest. Um, she was her energy consciously or unconsciously was tapping into an aspect of her shadow that was is very very nasty i know we had a past life in it that really needed to be healed 
And, um, and I also know in that past life, she, there was a real jealous thing and she wanted to like to annihilate me. Right. So in all different levels, it was really perfect. And so then we were at choice point. Can we talk about this and really get the energy out of it? It's like deflating a great big balloon that the balloon is where we hold the packet of information. And the more, the bigger the balloon gets, the more people we are both putting an energy to it consciously or unconsciously. Right. So we had a choice point of saying, okay, we could do this, take the, you know, we could split and just take the high road and not have to just destroy each other or we could try to work it out go through bumpy roads realizing that we're um just going through a readjustment period and we decided to do the um to just go on our merry way okay so it was like a peaceful kind of thing yeah it was it was after yeah i mean she didn't like hearing but she knew something was going on because i said my god Sharon, your face you just turned into a, a man and she noticed that the way I was thrown back off the room, it looked like something in polka dice for crying out loud. And I'm not one to do dramatics, you know? Um, so, and then I really said, man, if we don't get this and heal this, um, it was a, a very violent psychic attack that was, went down to the physical. So yeah. even so, even if somebody is mentioning it, they can be, they can be attacking you if you're not aware of it. Oh God. Yeah. We do it all the time. Think about going down the street and somebody gives you a dirty look on an energetic level. That to me looks like it's, you're giving arrows out to the person. They look at times from the from their eyes and from their heart. I'll see these arrows, and if the arrows could be really tiny, thin dots, and um, and then if you they could be tricky though because if you look further into them, in that tininess, you if I tune into it more, it could look like a very sharp razor blade, right? And sometimes the big arrows could come in, and other times I've seen people where arrows are coming out to the person and directly um, bombarding the person. And um, on all parts of their body. So um, that's like a direct direct hit attack. And you know what? People can feel this where just even think about somebody giving you a dirty look. And then all of a sudden you feel like um, a lot of people, you'll see them clutch their heart or, or go for the heart area or wanting to protect their heart area or the thymus area, the high heart. They feel it. And in the more energy behind it is <clears throat> or think of road wage rage when the person is running down and, you know, I saw this um, when a client was coming over. She was, uh, I used to do a group uh, every other Friday night where a circle and it was developing intuition, right? This one woman in the group, Pam, she knew she had road rage. She had issues. She had had trauma. She blamed it on that, but she, she had a lot of different stuff going on. So she um, was coming down and she was, tr it was late because this one car was going slow behind her. I mean, uh, the whole way down for like 20 minutes, she couldn't pass. So by the time she was getting into onto my street, she was enraged, right? And then she told this story. She goes, and then all of a sudden, as I'm taking the turn and saying, like you mother, you know, just really like many um a lot of swearing on the 20 minutes down there as this person she took it personal she saw ryan this blast of fire coming from her heart going to that car and, and in, totally encompassing engulfing the car and the car was like on energetic flames and when she walked in the house she was shooken and she was really humbled because she just saw what her energy does and how powerful it is because she could be very fiery and have like um energetic tantrums and that really was um she took total accountability and responsibility of that. I, she said, I have to pull my energy back. She said, how can we do it? She wanted all of us to pray for the person and, and all that stuff. And, um, and I'm sure there's no way the person can feel that. Wow. So I just want to explain this. If you are walking around and you're feeling bad, it could be that other people are sending things to yeah. you. And if they case, how do you protect yes. yourself? How do you protect yourself from others energy? And also 
how do you protect others from your own inner rage that is happening in your subconscious that you may not be aware of? That's very good questions, Ryan. That's why I always speak of energy work, right? And doing anything, three to five minutes before you go to bed, uh, I mean, as you get out of bed and when you go to bed at night, even doing a simple thing as putting a gold ball of energy, start in your heart. I speak of the sacred heart area. It's a literal location in our energy field, in our physical body, that when we stand in it and then grow and radiate it, like just imagine yourself small, two to four inches in your heart, and you're shri- and you have angel wings, and so you're connecting to your divine essence, your God self, and then see those angel wings moving back and forth, and then bring the energy to the top of your head, body and feet, and radiate it from the from the sides. Make sure you push it out for the sides, and you could go one foot, two foot, three feet. Right? That's a simple, simple technique that people could do. They could put a post-it where you brush your teeth in the morning, and have a stick figure with a circle around it, and so people could come by, and you could just say, you don't have to explain yourself. Because some people say, my husband would freak out if they saw this or that. So getting into an energetic habit is going to protect you. And if you know that you're in a mood, or let's say you're walking down, how can you tell you you've been hit? When I'm walking out, especially if I'm doing one of those good hair days where I know I feel good and I know I have to look good and just like feeling really kind of on top of the world and I got there's an energetic step, um, um, step like of energy, extra bounce in my um, step. And then all of a sudden I feel like I got uh, sad or all of a sudden I got irritated or I, I know I got swamped by energy that somebody comes in our blind spots and they can, especially if you're extra shiny and bouncy, there's some people that go after the energy and they want you to, um, it's like turn your volume down because you're just a little bit too shiny. Yeah, and they too happy. And, you're too happy. Yeah, exactly. You're, too you're happy just my too happy. Misery. Exactly. My mother used to scream to me. Take your rose-colored glasses off, Carrie. I used to get in trouble for being an optimist. And sometimes she was, like, so nasty. And I remember saying one thing. I went to the house, and it was after I read Louise Hay, You Could Heal Your Life. And I thought I found the greatest thing because Louise Hay talks about not reading the papers and seeing, you know, getting into the TV, the news, the awful awfuls. And, um, and she also said, don't gossip and people. And I thought, am I, I'm not a gossiper, you know? And if anything, my father can't stand it and he didn't encourage it. And, um, then she was talking about like little subtle ways where people could gossip with said, Oh, how's uh, cousin Doreen? Oh, I heard she was doing this and this. And then it, you see it turning and it is gossip. You know what I mean? They start, Oh, did you hear she's seen another guy? And there's, we could convince ourselves that we're talking and caring about our cousin, but there's a twist of underhanded gossipness with it. So, um, where was I going with that? Oh, my mom. She has, oh, so I went there and I was so happy. I was like, hey, it was my sister's were there. I'm one of five, right? And there's husbands or whatever were there. I said, I read this new book and I want to, I, I want us to, because they, they were starting to gossip about my cousin Doreen in particular. And I said, I don't, I, I don't think we should talk about her. And then I said, then, then they, they all turned around and looked at me, glaring eyes, right? What are you talking about? I'm breaking tribal code right there. And I'm like, ooh, I didn't expect to get this kind of reaction, right? And then I felt there's this hand behind me, and I knew it was the blue lady kind of pushing me, like backing me up and energetically saying, speak. Because normally when I'm under attack, especially by all of them, 50 gazillion O'Connors, it could be a little intimidating, right? So then I, I just said what I said. I said, you know what? I'm not reading the papers anymore. I'm not looking at the news anymore. And um, then my mother's like, oh, yeah, you and your row, Colin, Colin, glasses again. When are you going to? 
<laughs> Take them off. I'm like, Ma, if you could say I have rose-colored glasses on, but if I want to, if you're putting sad ass or the world's awful, awful place glasses on me, I'd rather live with my rose glasses on. Thank you. And as far as the gossip, you guys, guys could do whatever you want. I'm not judging. I just found it very freeing to not read the paper and um, not look into the news and get plugged in to the negativity. And I also, one of Louise Hayes' things is saying, trusting and knowing that you will know information. And my mother's first thing is, how are you going to know if anybody dies? How are you going to know if your friend dies and you should be at a funeral? And I said, Ma, I really trust if my friend dies, I should be at the funeral, that I'm going to know somehow, that they'll either call me or I will let know. And I haven't missed a funeral, but my mother still gets bothered by me and my older sister. We don't read the paper. And she'll still have these comments crying of, oh, you'd know it if you read the paper. <laughs> I, I have to laugh. It's like 20 years well, later. I think you should Does, sell rose-colored glasses. I, but, oh, my God. Wouldn't that, that be the, funny? <laughs> but um, you know what? I, would, I want to bring back to, to go back to one part where you're saying about you know psychic attack protections, and yeah. I know you'd say that okay, well you know you've got to go to this place of your heart. And let's say for example, a person out there is listening right now says, well I, I don't know how to go to, to my heart. I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to meditate. If you're going to put another simplistic ways of how to get to that place, I want to ask if um, what are some of the benefits of saging? How do you do it? Is lavender oil right. effective? And also. What about listening to the heart chakra meditation balance vibrational sounds? How do these things also help or oh, are they just effective? Fine. Oh, absolutely. I just brought that one up to just show stick figure with a circle around it. Right there, you're putting the intention that you're protected from the inside out, right? Then it, that's that. I mean, it's really can be very, very easy. Sage is a wonderful um, cleanser and clearer out of energy, especially. Um, really stuck energy. Like uh, we should enter, clean our space, like spring cleaning, fall cleaning. The Chinese um, uh, theory is that we should do it four times a year and um, and really clean our houses out. I mean, get in our closets, get in the cellars, get in the um, behind the where energy could just gather. So sage is wonderful. Lavender is wonderful. You, with sage, you do want to open the windows, though. You want to sage and then have it so some of the energies to go out. And that would be with lavender, too. But I notice that people don't say that as much with lavender. Lavender comes in as a very high frequency, and sage is a is a different high frequency. And I've noticed, again, yeah, if, at times you want to, if a room felt particularly heavy and you're using lavender, I would um, spray it and then open the windows um, after 10 minutes. You could, I, there was a thing about putting kosher salt around um, house to protect the house, and you could do it around your plants and gardens and that kind of thing. So, or um, listening to the heart chakra. There are so many techniques, and that's what I tell people. I said, I created some, I'm shown some, I download some, but I whatever resonates with you, if you're, you're a music person, then find something music. Even listen to music that you love that makes you feel so kumbaya -ish. You're doing an energy cleansing and clearing and protection on yourself. And then remember the power of intention. You could really set to the intention that going back to – I remember doing this when I was um, studying Reiki, that the thing about how about if I'm in a mood and or even pms to be honest, and I just – um, I don't even know how much I could be prickly, right? And um, I remember the woman saying, set the intention out for now and forever. It's like you're putting a shield where if you're putting out any kind of arrows or any kind of um, enrage or fury energy that you are wanting to stop before after the shield so it doesn't go out as arrows. So you're taking responsibility and accountability of how you're directing your life force and you're sending like an, a commandment to your an energy field, like an intention commandment that you, you you can say from now and forever because 
that's the part we want to remember that we're, we're all very I am we're all very godlike. Our word is so powerful. And then if we don't um if we get in practice of of especially again if we we know we're going out and we're not in the best mood that you see a shield uh, out in front of your heart and you're saying I don't want energy any any kind of arrows going on me any kind of sludge any kind of lower frequency energies it's the really thing you say I want only high frequency energy coming out of my my field when I um in encounter in any kind of inter, um, encountering anybody today. And that also includes the trees, the poor trees and earth. I've seen people stomp out or run out of their, their house to their cars to go to work. And they're just already um, spewing out this like asymmetrical energy that the trees are absorbing, the, the grass is absorbing, the, the flowers are absorbing. So just taking and taking a little bit of post-it and just making it a priority. Everyone says it's too hard. I'm not talking about going to a mountain and seeing, again, Kumbaya and having um, dances for all this time. Those are wonderful, too, if they resonate with you. But integrating something daily is – people will notice a huge difference. And when I've had um, clients respond back when they finally got into the habit, and they say that's the hardest thing is getting into it. And that's why I always talk about post-its, post-it on your car, on your refrigerator where you brush your teeth, just little things that we'll have to remind you even those yellow smiley faces is your intention that that's getting you into a space of where you're tapping into your highest frequency it's like a volume that you're turning up in the heart and that's what you could do too. say that volume as i'm turning the volume up in my heart energy i'm tapping into that i'm radiating unconditional love the god energy the angel energy outside of me and anything that's not i'm turning the volume down you know or turn the volume off so just very simple techniques that um, we could come up with. Be creative. Use sound. Use color. Um, when I'm in my car driving around, a lot of times I'll do um, – when I was little, I came up with my own mantra that um, especially if I was really frightened or shook up, I, I would sing amen, hallelujah, amen, and I'm not a good singer. But when I'm in the car sometimes, when I got to prep myself or if I've had a sleepless night and the coffee's not working, I'll just start singing it small, amen, hallelujah, amen. And then I'll start belting out, Ryan, where by the time I'm home, I'm doing the drums on the steering wheel and I'm like, um, I'm bouncing out of the car by just saying those two words and just diving into them so they became my kind of own mantra i'm sure i've seen people drive by me and look at me and now i'm like saying why are they looking at me so weird it's almost like do i have toilet paper on my shoe or a booger on my nose um but they can see it in the car i remember driving down the road and i saw this car really far away i was a passenger and so i was in between conversations and in it was a van full of um church people but what i was so attracted to was there was a whole bunch of angels falling i couldn't even see the van at first all i saw was like a hundred angels around this car and and just flapping and going down with this um speeding with this car and then when i got we got closer to it and i saw it was the life whatever ministry i thought wow that's really really cool those people are, are either singing or preparing you know or um they just calling the angels a lot because man do they have hundreds the angel around. into that Oh my God! It was so cool to see. Then I was like, "Look, look, look!" It was it was really cool. Um, Michelle Connor, you're one of the few individuals who I've come in contact with that has your special abilities. That is actively has taken ayahuasca before, and people who aren't familiar with ayahuasca, you'll be hearing more about it in the upcoming shows. But uh, just about it is that 
you're, you're basically docking your spirit with a uh, incredible consciousness, the spirit of the earth. And there were plenty of books about it, but I was wondering, how does ayahuasca affect you and somebody with your abilities who's already visually um, seeing these spectacular things and already aware of what's happening? So how does that impact you? That's a good question, Ram. When I was first going down there, my friend David was trying to convince me not to. He's like, you already see, feel, sense. I've never met anybody like you in my life. And he's he's very intuitive himself. And he reads everywhere around the world, different people and all this other stuff. And I said, David, I'm being called down there. And what happened was I saw the energy of the plant calling me. And she was in my backyard. And she started doing this dance. And then she started doing this um, this DNA thing. So that was like, like my, I'm going, right? And how it affected me, it just amplified everything i mean it i can't even describe it i already see stuff very very clearly not to that's i'm just stating a fact i'm um i don't like to brag or whatever sound like i'm bragging but when i'm on ayahuasca it's like taking it and amping up the visual the sound the i went to a space where i felt like i just exploded and i became one with everything and at the same time i noticed i was inside my body so i take a breath and feel i was carrying the next breath i felt that i was the, the involved in the universe i could see the ocean this and that and i felt it. it was like i was connected to every single one of those energies and then again on the in breath i was very aware that i was myself and so i had amazing amazing experiences with i and I tell clients all the time, go to those places and learn where you could um, do it. There was a, a book out, DMT, the spiritual molecule, and the DMT is the um, the active ingredient and um, the Aya that makes people even visual, right? But you could have feeling experiences. Um, I know some people get disappointed because they don't have visual right off the top, but I believe that I, I know not, I believe in every cell of my body. I goes exactly where it needs to go. So it amplifies. I've gotten, um, it really grounded me and I was guided to um, study shamanism. And all of a sudden I was having at my grandmother's house, having tea with her. And I went to go get the um, tea bags or no cookies or something. And I went back, came back into to the living room and on the living room, um, couch was a pamphlet that said shamanism in reiki and i said nana why did you put this here for me and she's like what are you talking about she was deaf she always yelled what are you talking about perry and i said i just walked out i didn't see this it appeared right and so long story short that led me to studying reiki then led me to her husband studying shamanism and i understood that i was guided to do shamanism because it really grounded me Right. And so the ayahuasca really could help people ground because a lot of people are so stuck in their mental bodies or even pop, what my issue is that I get too into my spiritual body. It's like think of the saying as above, so below. We want to be balanced. And so my journey through this life is to be grounded. And when I started studying shamanism and especially the ayahuasca, it helped me ground deeper and deeper and deeper. So it made me even more sensitive it's like read um lucid dreaming it's like uh i'm trying to think of anything of those movies that you see where it's all black and white and then it gets very um high def mm -hmm. that's what ayahuasca is like for for me wow and what about other things like what um you might have asked what impact like uh, were there any other drugs that you you feel that um, are good for people who, who to expand their spirituality or expand their, their sensitivity well <laughs> When I was in my late teens and 20s, uh, mescaline was around, right, <clears throat> LSD. And um, 
I I did it and a couple times and I remember that I think the second time I did it I would again have these godlike experiences Timothy Leary was like 10 years or 20 years before me but um, he left an imprint that a lot of people were, were having open experiences. And so um, what turned me away from it is because nobody else was having it. it. Like I was seeing God in my hand. Right. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, don't you see God in it's God's in your hand. And I was could see every single molecule and I could in my hand and his hand. And I was like, there's God in each other's hands. And I, and I felt like um, I was so I connected and i wanted to let everybody know that there's everyone's god you know what i mean and um everyone wasn't into that so um i know that that was an uh was an eye opener you know i know it's illegal but um i don't even uh mushrooms also opened me up so there was stuff that i did that was kind of not on the legal side but i it also um had the energy to open up but when it comes down to it ryan if people are hesitant to, to ingest anything clear energy work. I keep on saying that getting into a habit. I've gotten the biggest highs out of the biggest meditations or downloads or connecting with the, with the against, put my back against a tree and just to travel with a tree, like emerge with the tree and the tree shows me its okay. history. It shows me. What is this to traveling with the tree? Is that because, you know, um, another individual, I guess, Stuart, who had said that you, you put your, your crown, you put your yep. head against the tree and what, yep. what does it do? What is this whole process? Well, when Stuart talked about it, he said putting the crown, especially if what the, your tubes, so our energy field are tubes and balls. Let's keep it separate. The tubes are pathways to get to the balls. The balls are the information within our energy field. So it could be future stuff, past stuff, everything. We hold everything. The collective history, the universal history, all the answers truly are within each of us, right? So there's a lot of tubes. So when Stuart would tell people to go and do the tree thing, that their head was, it looked like their tubes, they were thinking too much. It's like it helps clear their head physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So you put your head with the tree and the tree's natural. It's like they take a great big comb, comb out and comb, comb the snarls out of the, the um, your energetic hair, let's say. And what the, what I like to do is um, put my back with the tree and commune with the tree. And so all of a sudden, again, I was merging energy with tree, the tree. And um, and it's like a divine dance. I always see it as a DNA stra, um, strands at first. And I'm one strand, the, the tree's another strand. And we're just exchanging information. And the information goes beyond any words. It's feeling. It's this is that. And then all of a sudden, I've seen trees where I sat against the back of them. And they showed me the history of the last 200 people who lived there, right? And I, a friend of mine was crying. And she was moving. And she felt really... Um, no, she moved into a house and she felt settled. She had not settled. So I brought her outside. She was super, super sensitive. She was very clear, cogn I mean, clear and cognitive, but super empathic, right? So she put her head against, I mean, we, we sat with her backs against a tree and I said, Lori, and I kind of guided her, right? <clears throat> so she could merge with the tree. Then, then I told her about the history. She happened to know the history because her partner was a, a buff about the, the area or whatever. And she knew that the, it was accurate who lived in that house, right? And then she, she, I, she was a radio personality that I was doing um, uh, interviews anyway. But she was more amazed by – she started crying her eyes out. And she's like, I felt like I've got a healing. I feel like more grounded. She had chronic back issues. She said that when she stood up, normally she'd like have to grab things off the side, but she was able to bounce back up. 
by going with the tree. The tree gave her a healing, a grounding, and a cleansing. So we can merge with things. And, and nature is so pristine, right? It doesn't have static, let's say, most nature, unless you, you know, go to places that are all disruptive or nuclear waste or whatever. So it's so it doesn't have the energetic static. So when we connect to it, not energy viper vampire and suck the life out of it, we want to have the attitude of gratitude thanking the um the tree because it's an exchange of energy. And the tree also gets our energy, but it's not going to pull out our shadow part. It's going to connect to our our we could say our angel side our light side so there's a sacred exchange of energy and in it you could look at on a level of just tubes and balls where it looks like codes go back or to me it looks like geometric figures or some symbols that go back and forth that have meaning and we don't even have to see that that's what's going on on the universal level right when we're communing with something with the intention of heart or light and our clearing that's what it looks like in the biggest level then you could just be sitting again with your back against the tree and the tree um the trees love to ground and clear they love to help us um get to clear our heart issues and again to, um help us root root and ground create new grounding cords all nature nature is like really i've heard nature say to me we're at your service for humanity's service to work with us not against us work with us and when we're in harmony everybody's in harmony the mother earth gaia is a living spirit that's going through her own ascension process and so when i talk about doing energy um clearing mother earth the gaia spirit showed me that we could be connected to old grounding cords of hers or old highways let's say of communication and she's a upgraded to a new highway so when we're attached to those old highways we could feel sluggish we could feel more staticky right we want to consciously ground ourselves if you look if you have pets Mm -hmm. right now are you higher than them in the evolutionary scale and is there a possibility that if your pets decide to become human that you could potentially be one of their guides in a future life like how does this potentially play out or are they actually higher than you like is there any kind of uh i see a lot of times that the animals right now the animals come in guiding us right they come in they're very connected again when they're out of the physical body they bring in and they talk about um again in shamanism the power of the animal right the animal power animal totems and these, uh, like the horse energy comes in and helps us ground. The dog helps us with unconditional love. And so they have an energetic component that literally teaches us, right? So in the questions of us guiding, can we be the guide of our um, our animals if they evolve into humans? Yeah, why not? This is a, I see it as dancey dance. It's like a, um, or swing your partner. What's that? The hokey pokey thing. Um that we go into life and we, we change different forms and we've explored different forms, you know, um, all different forms. And, and that goes back to the disco ball. We are so multi-level, multi-dimensional that most people would blow that, like pull their hair out if they really got into how many times, you know, that they've been other things. Um, so yes, you can, you can be, be the guider and also the animal communities in, in the human and we can be connected. I've seen patterns where the, where people have been connected to their animals and this happens a lot. When animals come in, they're connected to the person a lot in many, many lifetimes or in this lifetime. When my daughter convinced me to get Chloe, our dog, she was going to high school and at first I was traveling more and I was like I don't want the responsibility because I know that it was going to be my responsibility she wrote this big old contract oh mom I swear Rich and I will walk her this and this and so I came in to come in comes Chloe I take one 
and look at her in the computer because we're scanning her. She came in from Texas, and um, I know she's a reincarnation of the dog that we had when we were growing up, Weenie. And she doesn't, she's, a, you know, they're two different species, but Weenie was a, a dachshund, and she came into her life older. Um, our neighbors were moving out of the country or something, but I know, I know, no, no, that she is a um, reincarnation of Weenie. She'll do the same, she'll do some of the same um, characteristics and things that Weenie did. Yep. You see, I see that a lot, yep. And then I see a lot of times where people are are praying and hoping that their animal is a reincarnation of their past. But I'll see it if it, it's the way I see it. If it um if the animal comes in and their energy is very very big and like transfigures over the animal they just got the new one, that shows me that their animal is guiding the puppy and is part of the. It's like a combined energy, so they could feel the attributes, or they could feel that the um their new pet is is that sometimes is that old pet right and other times i'll see that they do come in because they don't have to animals don't have to spend a long time on the out of the physical body they um they don't have a long life review and um a long teaching they don't resist it it just makes sense to them so they could come back around really quickly um and have another incarnational experiences experience where i don't see humans do that as much as fast as as animals do that's uh... You've in your life, I'm sure that you've had a lot of um, great experiences, and you've probably had some experiences that you would consider big tribulations. How has your ability factored into your your capability of handling some of the rougher times in life? Like, how has that been um, been a factor? And also, how has your ability um, been a factor in your ability to have relationships? <laughs> That's a good one. I'll. Um... My ability saved my life when I was 19 years old. I was working at Cumberland Farms. It was a um, convenience store, and a guy became obsessed with me. And um, and I knew he had a crush on me, but he would kind of hold it back. Make a long story short, he planned for a year. He took the guts of the inside of his car out. He kidnapped me, and he was planning uh, – he sexually assaulted me, but he also was planning on killing me, right? And as we're driving down the road – all of a sudden, I heard this voice, or you're safe, you're safe. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's two of them, right? And I was like, oh, God. And then I turned around. It was Jesus, right? And he just kept on saying, you're going to be a lot. You're going to live. You're going to live. Don't listen to it because he was telling me. He showed me where he, where he buried me. There was a, a, a grave, right? And um, and he just kept on guiding me. And then all of a sudden, I kind of went out of my body in that experience, and I was saying all this stuff. It's like Jesus came through and channeled, and he was. I was talking about his kid, and da da da. All of a sudden, he like dropped the knife, and he said, "All right," because I convinced him, "If you just take me back, I'll meet you down the road. We don't have to do this, blah blah." blah. And he believed me, and so I know that that energy between Jesus, my, my guides, and just the way I channeled it, it hit him. That made him change his life. It saved my life, right? Well, what um, happened to him? Did it- Oh, he got arrested. He went, he was so, uh, he was so taken with the energy, Ryan. He dropped me off. I told him to drop me off like a um, hundred feet or 200 feet before the cars, before the store. So I didn't want him to see the cops because I thought then he'd just drive right, right, right by, right? So he did that. Then he, um, <laughs> he was it's, it's kind of stupid enough to go down to the bar. I said, we'll meet at this bar down the street and, uh, you know, talk things out. And, and he was sitting at the bar. And as soon as the cops walked in, he didn't. He surrendered. 
Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure. I can't believe again how much the time came by. It just seems like it was a couple minutes, but I love you and you're the greatest interviewer. And I just, I love you as a friend, as a person, as a, as a human being, everything. You're the, you're a great man. And right back at you, Miss O'Connor. We can learn more about Miss O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com and highly, highly encourage you to get a reading from her. Thank you so much, Miss O'Connor. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is the angel reader, globally respected psychic media, Miss Laura Lynn. You can learn more about Miss Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, what can you tell us about your fellow virtue, Miss Carrie O'Connor? Well, when I was t- tapping into Carrie's energy light, I was uh, fascinated to see that she had so much strong masculine energy within her. Uh, She, well, she really exemplifies the compassion of the feminine so well. It seems that much of her past has been masculine, and I feel like she's here to help bring uh, information on how to shield and how to deliver power, power energy, here to us as far as mirroring that energy. I really was um, taken back by all that masculine uh, projection I was feeling. Now, also, I do see within her some strong star energy. To me, she is a star people, and this is something that really will help emulate the the distinctions, that she, the direction that she uh, fulfills through the dimensions. I do believe she's a multi-dimensional worker, and that she is amazing at what she does. I really I, I admire her, and uh, she she's so so intriguing and so interesting to such an intelligent young woman. And I um, I have to say I just love her. I'm, I'm so so. I feel honored to be, work along with her and the other virtues. I just feel like a fabulous part of our team. Excellent. And have you ever were you able to garner anything about any past lives that she's had? This the the stream of light that I was receiving. Some of it wasn't this planet. Uh, this earth energy that she was part of it, it again i she's she comes from just such a different source but what i did pick up was certainly some uh celtic uh energy within her and uh not too far off maybe 200 years ago uh being in ireland maybe even 100 years ago uh i'm, ta- I'm being very vague right now because it was rather complicated what I was picking up from her. It's very complex. Uh, but um, the other that I did pick up was warrior energy within her. And again, I feel like this was more of the, like, um, oh, perhaps Viking era. And uh, I do feel like she fought for a strong part of her village and was very good at uh, attaining that power, so or keeping the power, keeping the power within the village. 
Thank you so much, Miss Laura Lynn, for that great and thorough analysis on your fellow virtue, Miss Carrie O'Connor. To learn more about Miss Laura Lynn, to get a reading done with Miss Laura Lynn, please go to her website at angelreader.net. Thank you so much. Thank you. Joining us now is the astrophenom, our astrologer, Miss Constance Dallas. You can learn more about Miss Dallas and get a reading with Miss Dallas by going to her website at constancedallas.com. Miss Dallas, what can you tell us about your fellow virtue, Miss Carrie O'Connor? Miss Carrie O'Connor, um, a major Scorpio. When I say that, I mean that there is a concentration in her chart of the sign Scorpio. And in fact, it is one, two, three, four, five planets in the most powerful sign of the zodiac. I believe it's the most powerful sign of the zodiac because it has everything to do with transformation, with moving from dark to light and recreating uh, the energy, sometimes from the ashes, like the phoenix. If you think about it, just a little astrology comment here. Every astrology sign has a symbol. You know, Leo the lion, Aries the ram. Scorpio has three symbols. The first is the scorpion, who would rather sting himself to death than give up the pleasure of the sting. The second is the eagle, that is a bird of spirit and flies above, but also is a hunter and plucks his prey uh, from the air. But the last symbol is the phoenix, who is myth- which is mythological, and recreates himself from, uh, from death, from the ashes. So this kind of death-life circle is home turf for Scorpio. And that doesn't mean that every time you meet a Scorpio, you say, oh, I see you're into whole, uh, you know, death and life. But it is a very, very powerful, intense sign. And the work that Carrie does, um, she was fated to do. She is supremely well-equipped to do because nothing phases her. She can go as deep as the person needs to go, or if somebody wants to skate along the surface, she can do that also. Um, her moon sign is Capricorn, which is an Earth sign. And uh, she also has planetary pairs. Um, Saturn and the moon are very close together, and Uranus and Pluto are very close together. Now, when we find these kind of pairs, it means that two planets are working there in, I was going to say in harmony, but it's not always in harmony, but their, their power is magnified for good or for ill. Um, the ill can be that with the intensity that her chart has, it may have taken her a while to feel like she fit into the world. And she still may not feel like she fits into the world, but all of the virtues, myself included, have unusual professions. We'll just put it that way. And um, uh, But she, she has a, a very in-depth experience uh, that she brings to her readings and to her work. And she's also very, very organized um, and responsible. And I say that actually of all the virtues because I've looked at all their charts now. And I'm impressed by everyone who has um, a very serious view of helping people with their gifts. 
It's not cavalier. It's not like, oh, yeah, play the lottery, win a million dollars. It's it's very, very um, sincere and, and, and profound. And uh, lastly, her rising sign is Sagittarius, and that's kind of a buoyant rising sign. And with all that Scorpio and Capricorn, she needs some buoyancy. So this is her, her good humor, her optimism, and also, I think, um, a love of traveling, whether it's physical travel or travel in the mind. Strong chart, powerful chart. Okay. So is there anything that you see about her particular chart that you've also noticed as a very strong commonality in someone else that we've interviewed on our show or been featured prominently in our show? Well, the um, all the virtues have um, some part of uh, Scorpio and or um, Aquarius in their charts. And these uh, uh, Aquarius and uh, Scorpio is very, are very much tied into... Um, Say Scorpio is the is the old fashioned depth of transformation, and Aquarius is the new age, the space age, the leading forward. So that's also quite a blend for everybody. As far as other people on the show, nobody pops into my mind. But have we done any other Scorpio people that you remember? Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the top of my head. We've I remember for the... a while there were a number of Librans, which is my yes. sign. And and then with the virtues we have um, um, an Aquarius, Lisa Casa, and then Laura Lynn is Pisces, just over the border of Pisces, but she has an Aquarius moon. Carrie um, uh, is Scorpio and has Jupiter in Aquarius. Um, so her uh, the arrangement of her planets is a little bit different. Okay. Is there anything about Carrie's chart that would indicate you or to make you believe that? She has also had these abilities throughout previous lifetimes, or is this oh, the first sure. lifetime? You, you don't have that kind of uh, intensity, you know, first shot out of the gate. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> sure she's been developing it for many, many um, years because the Scorpio energy is is nothing to fool around with. By that I mean you don't have a choice. You can't say, oh, well, you know, I'll forget about it. I'm going to go eat ice cream. It demands a certain kind of uh, focus and in-depth uh, battle with life on many different um, uh, levels. So we see the saints and the sinners in Scorpio. Um, St. Augustine is kind of an interesting example, right? He was a Scorpio, and he um, is famous. He started out his life as a pagan in ancient times, and then he decided that Christianity was true and for him and he said, oh, Lord, make me a saint, but not quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, I mean, he knew he was married. He married a concubine. I mean, there are all sorts of episodes in his life that were very much um, um, connected to a visceral and strong experience. So St. Augustine, Martin Luther, um, a couple of other, um, Thomas Merton, very strong religious figure, uh, figures that had to um, th- uh, battle for their uh, their faith and their belief. Now, um, Carrie's quote-unquote religion, it's not the standard um, go-to-Bible-school uh, religion, but it is uh, of spiritual importance to her personally, to the people she works with, and for the coming um, 
uh, episodes, chapters in the world's evolution. Miss Constance Stellas, Astrophenom, thank you so much for that great analysis on fellow virtue, Miss Carrie O'Connor. And to learn more about Miss Stellas and to get your chart done with Miss Stellas, highly recommend for everyone out there. Please go to our website at ConstanceStellas.com. Thank you so much, Miss Stellas. My pleasure. It's good working with all of your virtues. Joining us now is Miss Lisa Beckyard. Hello. She... <laughs> Welcome to the program. Miss Lisa Beckyard knows Miss O'Connor personally. And a couple of years ago, Miss Beckyard's daughter, Camille, was in a horrible accident. She got rushed to the hospital. The doctors operated on her. And then Lisa gave Miss O'Connor a call. Lisa, can you please tell us what happened after that? Yeah. Yeah, Camille, you know, suffered a, um, a significant severe brain injury, and she was in the hospital, and she was in a coma. Um, and we called Carrie, and Carrie's working on Camille remotely. Um, and, you know, Camille just started to heal and started to get better. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, in the beginning, the doctors really weren't sure if she was going to make it. And usually people with brain injuries get infections, but, you know, um, um, Carrie just worked with Camille and worked on her energy systems and worked with all her different organs. So Camille never got an infection, which the doctors are so surprised of. Um, and, um, also, at one point, um, a week into her, after her injury, um, she had a CAT scan, and they saw something going on. They weren't sure, so she was rushed into surgery, and we called Carrie. And Carrie remotely was kind of watching what was going on in the surgery and helping to heal Camille. Um, and then she texted us, and she told us that, you know, they were removing a blood clot, and all looked well for her, and she was, you know, also... Um, still continuing to work with her. Um, so when the surgeon came out and said that he removed a blood clot, and we're like, we know, you know, because um, <laughs> Carrie, who needs, you know, CAT scans? You know, Carrie had seen what was going on and had told us. Um, yeah, and I want to let our know. listeners know this, that Lisa has the uh, sensitivity. She's able to see the etheric energy field around uh, people. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to ask you is this, is that when you looked at Camille's etheric energy field, did you feel or visually see Miss O'Connor's presence and uh, her energy actually healing your daughter? Yeah. Yeah. We could, you know, sense things going on. And, you know, at one point, you know, also later in, in Camille's recovery, um, she had to go in surgery again. And I was seeing Carrie um, working with the neurosurgeon that was, um, you know, going to be doing this other um, surgery for her. Um, yep, and we, you know, we were also doing some energy work ourselves. We were doing figure eights around her to that kind of heals and protects the energy field. And, you know, Carrie was telling us how um, that was creating a cocoon and, um, you know, really protecting Camille. Um, and I, you know, now to this day, you know, her recovery is miraculous. Um her doctor said, you know, never in 30 years had he seen somebody recover from such significant injuries that Camille had um, um, all along. You know, the doctors just can't believe how well she is. She's back in school and, and doing really well. That's amazing. Yep. She had paralysis. She, you know, lost um, her left side, but, you know, both her left 
um, leg and arm are almost, you know, completely healed, you know, but she's still working on it. Um, so, you know, people, you know, usually have that have the injuries that, you know, she suffered from, you know, really, um, don't, you know, or don't recover so well. So, you know, we're so thankful to be friends with Carrie. She's a wonderful, amazing person and she worked tirelessly, always there helping Camille heal and was with us every step of the way throughout Camille's journey. Um, and she says even to this day, Camille's spirit kind of shows up when she needs a tune-up. So Carrie still works with Camille remotely. <laughs> but, you know, when Camille needs something, she, you know, um, goes wow. to Carrie. So, That's great. Ms. Ms. Lisa Becker, thank you so much for sharing that really beautiful story. Yes, you're very welcome. Three, two, one. And now an analysis by Mr. Chung Fu, channeled spirit, on Miss Carrie O'Connor. You are in, in your power. You are present. You are bringing many gifts into this world. Unsurprisingly, like your colleagues, you are passionate. You bring a great power through your body, heart, and mind. Your spirit knows the angels, beloved. You have a knowledge of other planes of being. And you have an ability to translate them. In fact, what you are bringing through at this time is helping many people. It is on many levels that you are operating. You are able to translate yourself into different forms of working with people at different levels and work with the very young or with the, with the old, with any age. You are able to translate yourself, to change, to become visible and audible as they need you to be. This is a great skill, a great power, and it will go on developing. It is your love, your power of loving, and the many lives that you have led in this vein, leading, caring, holding, nurturing. There is a strongly developed heart center. The Christ energy is very strong with you, the new energy that comes in, and the goddess power. These are synonymous to Chong Fu. These energies, this is how the Christ energy is coming in at this time. There is a lot of connection for you within many ancient stories that are known within your world. Mary Magdalene is very strong with you stands there to your side. I see her. She informs you of much. And you can dialogue with her. In many senses, the work that you do is perhaps not fully understood by many. Luckily, however, your soul's evolution enables you not to need uh, the 
views, opinions, and judgments of others, but to be strong and upright in your own deep knowledge, and you are centered in the heart of the divine. The places where you need to be careful are with your inner child. And what I mean by that is that she is so gentle and so uh, so yielding in a certain way. She needs protection. And so sometimes, and perhaps this is more of a past story, you've had to really go in there and give her your safety, your loving, uh, protective, nurturing holding. But she has grown and become really, in that sense, the seer. So it is from that deep, tender place that you are able to get right inside people's hearts. And so you have turned what has been a pain into a gift and a blessing. And you have brought that blessing forward into the world. I expect a lot more evolution and growth and development to occur within your life, beloved. Thank you for your work. Joining us Thank now is previous Out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show, great guest and exceptional energy healer, Mr. Jeff Casper. And you can learn more about him by going to his website at transcodes.com. Mr. Casper, what can you tell us about Ms. Carrie O'Connor? Carrie's a great individual. I've had the um, pleasure of working with her a few times in the past, and and not only is she a very kind individual, but she has an amazing understanding of energy. Um, and it seems from my experience with her that she has an understanding of energy from more of a, um, for lack of a better word, the macrocosmic view. She can really see how things interact. She can see how people interact with each other. Um, and she's also able to pinpoint as well. But she really brings in not only that wealth of phenomenal visionary experience, but also she really works on being able to explain things to people on a level that they can usually grasp. And that's the cool thing is a lot of times people who have that really strong visionary ability or if you want to call it psychic or whatever, they can't bring it down to an understandable level. And that's one thing that Carrie can do. It's been really fun to work with her on that. And what have you guys learned from each other the most? What would you say that some of the things that you both worked on each other or worked with each other and learned from each other? I think the big thing with uh, working with Carrie uh, when I got a chance to was that, you know, realizing that every person, no matter, you know, what their level of energetic experience or their level of working with energy through healing or just clearings or whatever, there's always variances, you know. So how I would see things or perceive things or feel things, she would see things slightly different. And that actually added to the overall whole. And I think that was one of the funnest things that, you know, we experienced in a group of people that did this. And it was um, probably very eye-opening also to see, because again, maybe it's because I'm a guy, I don't know. I pinpoint very easily. I zoom in on somebody and I can see things on that person very detailed. But what Carrie could do was bring in a much broader perspective that actually added to the overall whole. And both of you work on healing do you mind if I ask how you how your method of healing and how her method of healing uh, is you know crosses or how you guys are similar or different in some ways? Um, 
that would be challenging because, of course, you know, I've never been inside how she does stuff, of course. I know that she works with higher vibrational fields, and I know she tries to flush the system. At least that's what it felt like to me when I worked with her. I do something similar. Um, and, again, you know, I've, mine has varied slightly in the last couple of years where we really work on, uh, or I recently I really work on aligning to the heart field and using that energy. I think Carrie does as well, but there's probably some nuances in that because each person is different with those things. Mr. Jeff Casper, thank you so much for your great analysis on this Carrie O'Connor. And to learn more about Mr. Casper, please go to the website, transcodes.com. Thank you so much, Mr. Casper. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is Mr. Chad Achenbach, a student of shamanic studies. He's known Ms. O'Connor for a good period of time. He's seen her up close and personal and in action. Mr. Achenbach. What do you feel makes Ms. O'Connor unique in a field of metaphysical teachers and in a field of psychics? I think, um, Ryan, what makes her amazing is that uh, she's real. She has no specialness about her. She's, you know, she's just uh, a mother, a friend, and she can come... Um, right out with things that she's getting for you, for your friends, for your family, whatever questions up there. Um, if you're asking or if you're not asking, because she's so tapped in, tuned in, turned on. And do you find it unusual, I guess, in a field of shamanic studies, that you would find psychic mediums engaging in some of the practices, which is um, you know, being able to go on ayahuasca journeys and being able to go so deep while already having a sensitivity to um, you know, to what to matters of uh, life. You know what? Let me rephrase that. I'll do a three, two, one. Chad, do you feel it is unusual for somebody with her capabilities and psychic abilities to go on ayahuasca journeys? and to, you know, do other things that are along the lines of shamanic teachings that are considered very advanced? You know, I think anything that allows you to um, tap into more gifts from the universe is is a blessing, whether it's sitting by a river with a, a good friend or your family, or, you know, going deep into the jungles and, um, you know, visiting the temples that are designed to to do what they're designed to do or a sweat lodge ceremony or, you know, something that um, I, I think she she knows exactly where she needs to go and and, and uh, it's going to help her align with, with her gifts as, you know, she's, she's channeling an amazing divine feminine spirit through, you know, the silver diamond lady and trillion and universe goddess. So she's got a lot on her side and, She's all that. And have you? Did you ever witness her relationship with Stuart Wilde? If she, if what Stuart had thought of her, or you know? Oh, absolutely. Her and Stuart were like, you know, they were almost like if they were like a really close brother and sister. So when they were together, when I went to them together, they were always giggling, bantering back and forth, and Carrie would be nodding and adding in you know, some juicy bits and, and, um, just, it was, it was a pleasure to witness, you know, the two of them together and, and the gift that they both were together. Did you feel that Stuart 
trusted her as an advisor to certain matters. Absolutely, and he was also a big champion as a male teacher um, of the honoring of the divine feminine, and he um, he really you know tapped into her for for that and definitely respected her and definitely allowed her to uh, you know trusted her fully, completely, and knew that she was, you know, she was the real deal. Excellent. Mr. Chad Achenbach, thank you so much for your time and for your great stories about Ms. O'Connor. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. A, a deep bow of gratitude for you and what you do. Thank you. Joining us now is globally respected psychic medium and healer, Miss Lisa Kaza. You can learn more about Miss Kaza and get a reading with Miss Kaza by going to her website at lisakaza.com. Miss Kaza, what can you tell us about fellow virtue, Miss Carrie O'Connor? Well, Carrie, she's one of my three, uh, three sisters. And when it comes to Carrie, every time I speak her name or even think about her, I hear in my mind, quote-unquote, a highly advanced spirit. And I, I didn't know why until I tuned into her a little bit. Um, as everyone knows, there's the four of us virtues on the show, myself, Carrie, Constance, and Laura. Now, Carrie is one of the oldest souls out of us four. Um, for example, she w- was astral traveling long before people even knew about it. Um, she's definitely got some sort of uh, celestial ties, uh, star person ties. Um, so I, I see I'm not learned in this area. So it's uh, there's Syrians and then there's, um, how do you pronounce that other one, the Pleiadians? Um so it's one of those civilizations where she's directly connected to. But what I find is so awesome is that I actually see her as being likewise connected to Atlantis. She actually lived in Atlantis. Really? Yes. And a very strong Atlantean energy on her. And what I find even more awesome is that I feel that she has noble blood, Atlantean noble blood. So that's telling me that she, for example, was most likely a princess in those times. Um, So she's got... Another thing I I got here was that if telepathic abilities were ever to be more... um, advanced or formed she's going to be the first one of the first ones to do it oh she is like i said a a highly advanced spirit and it actually took me the longest like uh, constance and laura they were they weren't as difficult for me to tune into but carrie because she's so i don't want to i hope she doesn't take this the wrong way i don't think she will but she's so old and she does have those uh um, celestial ties in the Atlantis, 
it, it made it a bit more difficult. It, she's highly advanced. So um, being highly advanced, she can literally do anything. Uh, she's a very strong healer, a great teacher. And like I said, I do feel that telepathic abilities are coming. They are they are starting She's to come out. Talking about telepathic abilities for her, or telepathic abilities on a grand scale for humanity. On a grand scale, they are starting to come out. Now, I feel that um, just well, the, there's been more awareness that's been created, and more knowledge that has been created through the work that we've done, the work that Stuart Wilde has done, and many others that have created this awareness and, and knowledge to open up the mind of, minds of humanity, of those who will listen, that is. So, but Carrie, it's, she's got that ability in her, very strong. Oh. And what, the other thing that I, there's two other things I picked up for her, and what supports everything that I said, I'm, I got this idea in my head that I think that I'm going to make something for, for all, uh, all the girls there because I picked up everybody's animal totems. And Carrie's is the dolphin, one of them is the dolphin. And if you think about her work, the work that she does, the workshops and seminars that she offers, well, as she's working with the dolphin, it's all about harmony and balance. And it's, um, <clears throat> sorry, Ryan, it's connected to um, the power of breath uh, and with uh, emotional release, strong communication skills. She's got all that. And I even remember many years ago reading somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but there are some people or a civilization that actually believe that dolphins uh, originated, they were an alien race. So I found that kind of cool how, it, how that all connected. And I have to say that uh, there's also this one thing, that I, a prediction for her, is I feel that there's a book inside of her. I feel that she's going to be writing a book pretty soon that's going to be within the next mm, three to five years, I'll say. I could be off in the timing a wee bit. But, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got for Carrie. Wow. She's a, it's a really interesting insight. Miss Lisa Kaza, thank you so much for your wonderful analysis on fellow virtue. Ms. Carrie O'Connor, and to learn more about Ms. Lisa Kaza and to get a reading with Ms. Kaza, please go to our website at lisakaza.com. Thank you so much, Ms. Kaza. It was a true honor reading for Carrie. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, everyone, that concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Very special thanks to our beloved featured guest, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, and our other featured virtues, Ms. Laura Lynn. Miss Lisa Kaza and Miss Constance Stellas. Also, special thanks to Mr. Fu, to Mr. Chad Achenbach, to Mr. Jeff Casper, and to Miss Lisa Beckyard. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please visit our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. 
We'll see you here next week for our live show at a special time, 9 p.m. Thank you so much, and have an unbelievable weekend. The deals are getting hotter during the dear days of summer. Get 0% financing for 60 months on all John Deere compact tractors. Plus, get a best-in-class six-year powertrain warranty at no additional cost. Hurry in today for the hot deals of summer. Offer ends August 2nd, 2016, subject to approved installment credit with John Deere Financial. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Visit your local John Deere dealer today to take advantage of special savings going on now. Find out more at myjohndeeredealer.com.